you found a message that was delivered at Living Streams Community Church in McCordsville, Indiana. We are praying the time you invest hearing God's Word encourages you in your walk with Jesus and inspires you to share Him with others. If you want to learn more about us or send us a prayer request, visit our website, livingstreamscc.org. Thank you for listening. Well, good morning. Welcome to Living Streams, Pastor Greg Rubel. So glad to see you guys, and glad you're joining us online. Thank you for being out there as well. You know, it's been so long since we've really had much on our calendar. Now we've got a few things there. It feels like a flood of stuff. Um, but I wanted to, to remind you of some things that are coming up. So if, you've been new, if you're new to our church, uh, a week from today, after church, we're going to have lunch for you. And I want you to uh, uh, feel free to come. Just let me know so we can make sure we have enough uh, subway for you. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about where we came from, who we are, and how you got here, and that kind of thing. It's not very long. but um, And then that will be the first step toward a newcomer's class that we'd like to invite you to come to. Uh, it'll be the four Wednesdays in March. Um, and so that's kind of how you get started at Living Streams or how you find out who we are and, and what we're about. Uh, so be thinking about that. But the first step is lunch next Sunday after church. So just let me know if you want to come um, to that. Um, we've got a couple of Bible studies starting on Tuesday nights in the uh, March 2nd. March 2nd is the, is the date. Uh, 6.30, one for men, one for women. There's a women's sign up out there in the lobby. You can also do that online. Th- online. And for the men, you guys, I know you don't sign up, so just tell me you want to come. Um, and, and I'll try to write that down somewhere and, and remember. So um, we're, uh, we're looking forward to getting that going. Our prayer meeting has been on Wednesday night, but we're going to move that to Sunday night at 6 o'clock. So, um, you know, the, the teens are studying a book called Experiencing God. And uh, one of the first things you learn in, in Experiencing God is look where God is working and go and join him there. Well, I can tell you, I, I visited the kids last Sunday night and God is working there. So we're moving prayer to Sunday night. We're going we're gonna to join them there. So uh, we're, we'll, look, we'll look forward to that. So lots, lots happening there. And I uh, do appreciate those prayers for Texas. I don't know if you guys have been watching the news at all. But my son's down there. He was without power for 30 hours. They had two inches of ice on their pool. You know, that kind of stuff's going on. But there's water pipes breaking. There's no food on the shelves in grocery stores. 40 people in line at the Burger King. You know, it's just kind of a mess. So uh, keep praying for them. Take your Bibles, uh, 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 3 is where we're going to be today in verses uh, 6 to 13. We're in this series going through this book. It's called Next Level Living. You know, I don't know if you've seen any of the news about the pandemic, but it's starting to turn the corner. And uh, that's that's just been, that's really been really great to... uh, to, to hear and to read, it's been so long that it hasn't been going the right direction. So now the numbers are, are going in the right direction. And, and the temperatures are, are going in the right direction. Uh, my dad's been reminding me that, you know, how many days it is until spring. Uh, 27 now. Yeah, we've crossed over. So if I got my math right, not counting today. So 27 days until spring. And then, of course, uh, the vaccines are out there becoming more available. More people, more people are getting those. So lots of, lots of good news. You know, I've been thinking for almost a year now, we've been doing life in pandemic mode. I mean, almost a year. 
And so we've been trying to survive this thing, you know, staying safe in our homes, and you know, we're wanting to get back out and get back to life as normal. And so for for a lot of us, life has been on pause during this during this time. But as you think about it, in reality, life doesn't pause. It, it keeps moving. It keeps it keeps going along. And we're different people than we were a year ago, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And um, so, you know, it's a good time here to take a step back maybe and do a, a, a next level checkup, all right, on our spiritual life to see where we are in our life with God, you know, where, from where we've been through this year and if there's anything that we can do about it. Now, Paul's words here in First Thessalonians chapter 3, 6 to 13, they're going to help us do uh, just that. I got a message for you called uh, a next level checkup. <clears throat> so let's read these verses here. But now that Timothy has come to us from you and has brought us the good news of your faith and love and reported that you always remember us kindly and long to see us as we long to see you, for this reason, brothers, in all our distress and affliction, we have been comforted about you through your faith. For now we live if you are standing fast in the Lord. For what thanksgiving can we return to God for you, for all the joy that we feel for your sake before our God? As we pray most earnestly night and day that we may see you face to face and supply what is lacking in your faith. Now may our Lord God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus direct our way to you. And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all as we do for you. So that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, oh, we thank you for this word today, this treasure that you have given us in our lives to uh, to learn about you, to know you, uh, to understand how you want us to live. We pray today, Father, that your grace will be abundant here as we soak our hearts in these verses. Uh, We want to see our lives like you see them. We want to conform to the pattern of your world, your word, and not the pattern of the world. And so we ask your Holy Spirit to help us today, help us to hear and listen, plant it in our hearts today, bear good fruit in our lives because of it. I pray the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart would be pleasing in your sight. O Lord, my rock and my redeemer, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, if you wanted to know how you were doing physically, you would, you've got some things you could do. You know, you could go and get on your bathroom scale, right? And you could look down and see the number and you could say, okay, that number's higher or lower than it was a year ago. Now, I, 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 there was like COVID-15 or something. I don't know. I don't know. Like, or maybe it's COVID-19, you know, pounds. You you get it. You get it. I was like, I'm just going to go sit down, man. You could also go to the doctor, right? You could go there and you could get your vitals checked, get your numbers, and you'd have a medical professional look at you and say, you're doing good or you need to work on it, right? You know, for the longest time, I just didn't go to the doctor. I, I, I felt fine, you know, and, and I didn't want to go pay for someone to tell me that I was fine when I, you know, knew I was fine. But then I got into my mid-40s, and they told me, you know, hey, you're getting older, you know, you need to start going to see your doctor. So I took that advice, Mom, and I, I started going to the doctor, and, and I found out that even though I felt fine, I wasn't fine. 
And so here's some medication, you know, to help get your numbers right and, and go home and make some effort, you know, in the eating department and in the exercise department and, and try to stay out of serious trouble. And so, you know, that's all well and good, our physical life, you know. I continue to get the annual physical. I continue to eat well occasionally. And I do occasionally move my body intentionally. And I encourage you to do the same. I mean, we are the temple of, the, of God, right? And we, you know, we need to be, you know, obedient in that and because uh, he has important things uh, for us <clears throat> to do. But I want to remind you that our physical life, is not the most important part of our life. All right? It, it's not. Um, it's it's going to be over in a, in a short amount of time. And so the questions that we as believers want to be asking ourselves is, how is our spiritual life? What, what does it look like? You know, what, what does it look like during this, this pandemic time um, that, that we are in? You know, this life is going to be over in the blink of an eye. You know, it's just going to vanish. And we're going to spend eternity somewhere, either with God or away from Him. And that's a long time. And, and so we want to find out how our spiritual life is doing. There was a missionary named C.T. Studd, Charles Thomas Studd, missionary to China. He penned a famous poem called Only One Life. And the refrain of that goes, Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. And so with, with that in mind, uh, we're going to take a look at God's Word. Let that be our standard for our spiritual health and see if we, we can find out where we are and then maybe if we can do anything about that um, and, and, like, do it today, pandemic or no. So when you go to the doctor, one of the first things that they're going to do is get your vital signs, you know, your pulse, your temperature, and your blood pressure. And they're going to they're gonna do that. And so we can look at verses 6 to 8, and we can do something similar here. Now, it, when you think about a, a spiritual checkup, you know, taking your spiritual life and, and putting it under the microscope, you know, there's a lot you can look at. But I'm just going to focus on these verses and what these verses kind of bring up, okay, for our, for our checkup. Now, remember this. Now, Paul had visited Thessalonica. Um, and he had, you can read about that in Acts chapter 17. And he had to abruptly leave after just three weeks of being with them because of the persecution that popped up against him. And so he, he, when he left, he left this new church, this new group of baby believers, and it was just tearing them up. You know, he, was just, he just couldn't hardly stand it. And so he wanted to know, he wanted them to know that he didn't just abandon them. He didn't just walk away from them. His heart was tied up with them, and he wanted to know if they felt the sting of him leaving too. And he, want, and he wants to know how they're doing spiritually, you know, what their spiritual life is like. Have they been sticking it out in their new faith in Christ? So he tried over and over to get to them. And as Satan, he said, hindered him from doing that. And then Paul sends Timothy uh, to them because he's, he's like in agony and he's got to know how they're doing. And so what we got in these verses is Paul is telling us how he reacts to the good news that Timothy Timothy brings him. So verse 6 says, Now that Timothy has brought me this good news of your faith and your love and your perseverance and that your hearts are tied up with mine, you know, like mine is with, with yours. That's verse 6. Verse 7 says, Now I've got some relief. Now I've got some comfort in this warfare that I'm in that I'm, try, that I'm experiencing trying to get to you. 
Satan is hindering me, this trial that I'm in. Now I've got relief that I know that you're doing well spiritually. And then, and then verse 8, I've got new life. He says, now I live because you're standing fast in the Lord. And so what are some spiritual vitals that we could pull out of there, pull, pull out of those words? What, what is giving Paul relief in his trials? They're believing, they're loving, and they're continuing. They're believing, they're loving, and they're continuing. So Timothy shows up in their church, and he could see with his eyes, he could see their faith, and he could see their love, and he could see their perseverance under pressure. Now, admittedly, it's going to be difficult for us to do our own spiritual checkup. (laughs) You know, so it might be good, you know, later on today or sometime this week to invite somebody in to say, hey, would you... Would you help me see my life, my spiritual life? Tell me what you see here. You know, but we're going to give it a shot here this morning. I'm trying to put, put our, uh, our spiritual life right in front of us and look at it. So the, the question there is, how's your faith? How's your faith doing? How's your believing? You know, when Jesus is at the center of your life, your believing shows up in your following him. You know, in every other area of your life. Now, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. And so that confidence in God, God the Father and God the Son, it saturates our lives in every place that we go. It, It affects every part. And it compels us to live our lives in the way that the Bible calls us to live. And James says that faith without works is dead. Faith without works is dead. So if all you got for your faith is words, then you really don't have any faith at all. Your faith is dead. And so the question you want to ask yourself today is, does my faith have a pulse? Does it have a heartbeat? Can I see it? You know, two great places to look if you want to see if you have faith. There's two places to look. Your bank account and your calendar. How you spend your money and how you spend your time will tell you something about your faith if it has a heartbeat. Timothy could see faith in Thessalonica. Could he see it in your life today? How's your faith? How's your believing? And then, and then how's your loving? Your love. Your love for God. Your love for others. If you want a really good definition of biblical faith, go back and listen to last week's message that John Paul gave us, Bringing Love to Life. Lots of truth, lots of good things to look at there to know about what love is. Love is not a feeling that we have. It is an intentional decision to sacrifice ourselves so that we might love someone else. That is biblical love. It's Jesus kind of love. It's cross kind of love. For people that don't deserve to be loved, like me, it's that kind of love. And, and this love, it sort of takes over your life when you receive it. You know, you, you might say, you might say this, that when you receive God's love, you get a spiritual temperature. <laughs> you, 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 you know, you've heard that phrase, that guy is on fire for God. You just can't believe that God loves you. 
knowing what he knows about you. You you cannot believe that you woke up this morning and he was there waiting to talk to you after the day you had yesterday. He's there. You just just can't get over it. You, You cannot believe that this forgiveness that you've been given has been bought and paid for by the blood of his son, Jesus. When it dripped from his head and his hands and his feet, it washed away your sin. Just one drop of that blood washed away your sin. Though they were like scarlet stains on your life, that one drop washed them away and made you white as snow. All of your scrubbing, all of your soap, All of your do-it-yourself solutions couldn't get you clean, but one drop of Jesus' blood washed them away, took them as far as the east is from the west. It took them away. And it opened the way for you to know God and be showered in His love. It's amazing love. And that's where the heat comes from. That's where the heat comes from for your spiritual temperature. Is that love, when you receive it, it doesn't stay in here. It has to get out. We love because he first loved us. So that means we pay the price. We take on the cost for other people. We put ourselves out there in danger. We go last so someone else can go first. We park out at the far end of the parking lot so someone else can park up near, near the church. We serve without being seen. We eradicate every sense of self and selfishness in our lives so that our Savior can be seen through our witness to other people. We befriend those who don't have any friends. You know why people don't have any friends? Because they're weird. They're hard to be friends with. We Christians, we go out there and we befriend people who don't have friends. We comfort the grieving. We lay hands on people and pray for them. We put food in their cupboards of the hungry. We put shelter over people who don't have any. That's the kind of life we're called to as believers. To show people the love of Christ. It's not an easy life, but it's a wonderful life. Because you got this love in here that's burning. Do you have a spiritual temperature today? How is your spiritual blood pressure? The Thessalonians were standing fast in the Lord. They were, they were continuing day by day to believe, believing and loving. They just kept going. Believing and loving. You know, our heart beats 100,000 times a day. That's kind of a miracle right there. 100,000 times a day. And our blood pressure is measuring how hard our heart has to work to push the blood through our body to keep us going. So the same kind of goes for your spiritual heartbeat. How hard is your heart having to work spiritually to keep you going? Now, what raises your spiritual blood pressure, which is a bad thing? Well, sin raises your spiritual blood pressure. It makes it hard on your heart to keep going, to keep loving, to keep believing. Suffering does that to you. It'll raise your spiritual blood pressure. You know, when life is hard, you just don't think I can go one more day. How can I believe one more day or love one more day? This is so difficult. 
And the devil can make your spiritual blood pressure go up. You know, when you're, when you're fighting him and, and uh, you're under attack and you're weak and you're having a hard time raising that shield of faith to extinguish those flaming arrows that are being launched at you from him. You know, all those things raise your spiritual blood pressure and, and it makes it hard on your heart to keep going, to keep believing, keep loving. So what would your spiritual blood pressure uh, be today? How hard is your heart having to work and what do you need to do about that? You know, is there sin to confess? Is there somebody to go and share about this suffering that they can come alongside you and help you keep walking? Is it going to the Lord and saying, Lord, this is your battle. Fight this devil. There's things that we can do to lower our spiritual blood pressure. On Friday, uh, Pastor Matt Kwan called me. And uh, he wanted to tell me about this, this girl that he had prayed for. Her name is Jai. I have a picture to show you of, of Jai and her family. You can put that up. Thank you. So um, he sent me some videos of her. This is a Punjabi family. And uh, this girl has had an evil spirit. And he sent me some videos of her. I thought it best not to show you those. Um, but uh, she, she was, uh, her breathing was rapid when, the, when the, uh, the spirit had control of her. And her eyes were kind of rolled up a little bit in her head. And she had a scowl on her face. And she was clenching her fist and shaking. And she's lashing out at her mom taking these videos. And so this Punjabi family knows Pastor Maquan. And they know he's a man of prayer. And so they ask him to pray for her. And so Maquan has him over to his house. He anoints her with oil. He shares Christ with, their, with the family. And then he prays for her. And he said in his words, we rebuked the evil spirit in Jesus' name and it left her. I said, praise the Lord. And he said, thank you and glory to God. Now I show you that because in that picture, you can see their faith. Can't you? You can see their love. For that family. And that picture you could almost take every single week in Pastor Maquan's life. Every single week he is doing something like that because he's got this, this faith. He's on fire for God and it compels him to share Christ with people who don't know him and just love them. You know, and prayer is a huge ministry uh, for them, it's reoccurring. So his spiritual vitals. They're looking pretty good this morning. How are yours looking? How's yours? You think about who, who in your life would be your spiritual mother or spiritual father? Who would be your Paul? You know, the person that is praying for you every day. The person that um, if, if they heard about you, you know, you would... A good report about you, there would be new life. They would have relief in, in this pandemic that you're doing good spiritually. Who would that person be? If a report was sent to them today, would that person be concerned about you or would they be comforted? Would, would they be lifted up or would they be let down? How are your spiritual vitals today? Now, I don't know about you, but anytime I go to the doctor, he's never satisfied. I mean, I never get the pat on the back 
Go on home and keep doing what you're doing. I never get that. It's always, you need to make a little more effort there in the eating department and in the exercise department. These numbers are not where they need to be. So even if your spiritual vitals are looking good, there's always some effort that you can make to grow. So we want to make some effort. Now in verse 9, Paul, he starts talking about prayer. And he says, what thanks can I return to God But thanks and I return to God when I am before him for all the joy that I have because of you. So he's talking about thanking God. And then verse 10, I'm making every effort in prayer night and day to be able to see you face to face and share more with you about what Jesus, what I know of Jesus. So our prayer life is one of the main ways that we grow in the Lord. And so if you want your spiritual vitals to get better, you want to make some effort in prayer. Make some effort in prayer. Now, Paul, he brings up thanksgiving. You know, what, we, we can be sure, we can be sure of this, that, that Timothy's good news that he reported to Paul was an answer to Paul's prayers. We can be sure of that. So he knows that he didn't do anything for those Thessalonian believers. He wasn't there. He couldn't help him. He couldn't encourage him. He couldn't teach him. And the fact that they are continuing to go as new believers in a town with no believers, God did that. And so he's just like, how can I thank him? You know, how can I say thank you? How can I, I got all this joy inside of me. How can, he wants to keep thanking God. You want to be good at praying? Start with being good at thanking. Thank God. Thank God for the day that he's given you today. Thank him that that you've got faith, that this isn't just another day for you, that you're not, oh, I'm going to get up and shovel the sidewalk today. No, I'm going to get up and go to church today. God put that in you. Thank him for it. Thank him for saving you. Thank him for, for Jesus. Thank him for knowing you, for having your name written on his hand. Thank him for that. Be good at thanking God. Thank him for opportunities to serve others, to bring up him with other people. Thank him for answers to prayer. Hmm. You know, our, our church has been through a lot more than just a pandemic in the last year. It has been through a lot more. Our leadership has changed. Last year at this time, uh, our worship pastor, Pastor Shane Arthur, um, uh, he'd been here about five years. He helped me start the church when we first got started way back. Well, he came and told us he was, he was being called to another church that didn't have a pastor out in the country. And so he, he left, and we started praying for help, you know. We started asking God for help, to send help in the middle of a pandemic. And we've received a lot of help over the last 12, 12 months, starting with, with Randy, you know, helping me do quarantine services, you know. Um, and there's, there's been a lot of help. But I'll tell you this, last Sunday, for me, was a Sunday I was living, verse 9. I was glad that I had a mask on because of the smile on my face. As I watched John Paul preach God's word, and I watched Isaiah sing God's songs. It's beautiful. There was so much joy in me. I was trying to figure out how I could thank God for his help. He answered our prayers, people. I praise him for the, what he's doing in those two guys. I'm so excited about it. I hope you're excited about it too because there's more blessing to come. 
There's a new thing going on. Forget the former thing. God's doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it? Now it springs up before you. He is making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. I think Isaiah said that. Isaiah in the Bible, not Isaiah. (laughs) So thank him. And you know, thanking God is one of the easiest kind of praying that you can do. You know, it, it just, you just look for the blessings, you acknowledge where they came from, and you return, return the thanks. It brings humility in your life. It brings contentment. It brings joy and peace and rest. Verse 10 comes along, and Paul brings up the hardest kind of praying that you can do in your life. It's that constant, consistent earnestly knocking on God's throne room door, trying to get him to break through in your life or in someone else's life, giving him no rest until he does it. Now, Paul's request is getting face-to-face with the Thessalonians. He knows that Satan's keeping him from it, and he knows that God can get him to them. So he's putting in the hard work of praying night and day, asking, seeking, and knocking, crying out with tears, giving up sleep, giving God no rest until something happens. That's the heavy lifting of prayer. And depending on what you're praying about, what you're asking God to do, it could be a heart-wrenching prayer. You know, to even pray it, you choke up. You can't get the words out. May seem foolish to keep praying this because you're thinking, you know, God, I don't see how this is possible, but I believe your word's true when it says all things are possible for him who believe. And so you keep praying. It, it may seem risky to your faith because it doesn't seem like God's gonna gonna answer. It doesn't you don't see how, you don't see where. So you don't want your faith to take a hit. You don't want to be let down. You don't want to be let down by God. So you stop praying. It, it may seem like it's not doing any good. You know, you're, 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 you're crying out, you're praying, and you're trying to cling to that promise. Everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds. Everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. But man, Lord, how long, how long, oh Lord, till you break through? How long until you show up and make your promise true? That's the kind of praying that Paul's doing. Isaiah 62, verses 6 and 7 says, Oh, Jerusalem... I've posted watchmen on your walls. They will pray day and night continually. Take no rest, all you who pray to the Lord. Give the Lord no rest until he he completes his work, until he makes Jerusalem the pride of the earth. You know, pastors are called to the wall for the church. We're to give God no, no rest until he makes his church, that beautiful bride, ready for the groom to come. And you might get called to the wall for someone in your life. You know, where, you know, God says, pray for this person. He puts a burden on your heart that, that, that he would break through in their life. That he would open the way. That, you know, whatever it is, you might get called to the wall that night and day, crying out, give God no rest kind of praying. It is tough praying. But it's where we can make an effort when we're looking for impossible things to happen. And when we do it, our prayer life goes to another level. I mean, we're taking it up for, to, to, an, to another place. Second Peter 
Chapter 1, verses 5 and 8 says, For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness mutual affection, and to mutual affection love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So you want your spiritual vitals to look good. You want them, you want them to get better. You want to grow in your faith and your love and your, and your strength. Make some effort or make every effort, as Peter said, to add to your faith. Get in the Word. Get on your knees. Fast. Fellowship. Serve. Worship. Fill up on the Spirit and witness for Jesus. Make effort in these things. And He'll fill you up. And your vitals will be looking good. And when it comes to our spiritual life, our growth, our progress doesn't all depend on us. You know? I mean, we got to put in some effort. But God uses the effort, and He's the one who makes us grow. You know, it's just like a seed. You keep the seed on your counter, keep it dry, it's not going to do anything but be a seed. But if you make the effort to put it in the ground, something happens. God makes it grow. That's what happens to us. So what that tells me is we need to pray for our growth. Pray for progress in our spiritual life. And it's kind of where Paul goes in, verses, uh, in these verses 11 to 13. There's three requests here. Verse 11 says, Now may God the Father and God the Son direct our way to you. Remember, he's in that spiritual battle. He's fighting Satan. This is a spiritual thing, not a physical thing. He needs God to open the way. Revelation 3.7 calls God the one who opens that no one will shut and the one who shuts that no one can open. In our spiritual life, we need to be asking God to open the way for us. Open doors, open windows, open the skies, open hearts, open the word to us. Open opportunities, open plans. If God opens it, no one can shut it, and that is something we can trust. And when the way opens before us, there is spiritual progress ahead of us if we'll go through the open way. So it takes some obedience, takes some effort. We can also trust the closed way. You know, if it doesn't open, we can trust that God has another way. That's a better way. You know, we were praying about another church building just three minutes from here. And the door was open, the door was open, the door was open, and then Pat McAfee came in and bought it, and now it's his, and the door is now closed. <laughs> now listen, I believe God's got something better for us. His plans are better than our plans. My dreams are nothing. I would have never dreamed this up. I'm not, you know, I'm going I'm to look where God is working and join him. That's better, always, always better. So when the way remains closed for us, There is spiritual progress in us submitting to God's will and surrendering our will. There's spiritual progress in that. Verse 12, Paul asks God to make the believers increase and abound in agape. Now, agape is the the word for biblical love, that love that sacrifices self for others. And that is a trademark characteristic in your life for spiritual growth. If agape is is growing, if it is increasing and overflowing in your lives, that we make every effort to follow Christ 
in his ways. And in doing that, we are showing people what he looks like by loving them with agape kind of love. So we want to pray for that because that's difficult love. We want to pray for progress in agape, for growth in that. And I would ask you to pray for that for your church too. You know, it is the trademark characteristic of a Jesus-loving church is that this agape love flows from one to another. You know, the, the, the most, you know, love, love never goes, love is the most relevant thing that we can give people. You know, it never goes out of style. It, 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 uh, it never gets out of date. Love doesn't have a, you know, use-by date on it. <laughs> the most important thing around here is not what we look like, not what we sound like, but how we treat each other. And how we treat the outsider who makes their way in here. No, no matter what they look like. No matter how they're living. No matter. No matter the problems they have. No matter the needs that they have. Agape love will notice the outsider and, and make them an insider. They will want to know them. They will want to know what's going on in their life. They will listen to them. Point them to Jesus. Say, hey. You want to go on a little adventure? Follow me. This guy, he'll take you on an adventure. That's love. You know, Jesus said, they will know we are his disciples by the way we love each other. That's agape love he's talking about. Now, verse 13, Paul finishes with a prayer for strength. That God would establish their hearts, strengthen them, ground them for the long way home. Where at the end of that road, there's, there's this great reception for the king. And a great reunion of the church. As we gather there, without any spot or wrinkle or any other stain or blemish, a bride made ready for her room i can't wait for that day now for the time between now and then it may just be till the end of the day i don't know but we need to be praying for spiritual strength to keep going to make spiritual progress colossians 1 28 and 29 jesus is the one we proclaim admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in christ to this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. We want to pray for that energy. I'm getting into my mid-50s. I need that. I need his energy. Mine's done. I mean, I've got to have like three cups of coffee now instead of two. So as we struggle as we work hard, as we strenuously contend to obey and do the work that God has given us to do. We want to pray for that spiritual strength, pray for that spiritual energy to powerfully work in us to keep going to the end. Listen, it is not up to your strength to get home. Jesus will get you home. And we want to ask him to do that one day at a time. It's a long way. It'll be over in the blink of an eye but we don't have one day to waste. Not one day to waste. Let's have our worship team come back.
So how, how are your spiritual vitals this morning? You know, is, is there a step of faith that you need to take to give your faith a pulse? <laughs> is there something you can read and go, I'm going to believe that today and I'm going to put it into action? Is there a step of faith that you can take? Do you have a temperature, a spiritual temperature, a little fire for God? You know, it, it is a human thing that that fire dies down. But it's a spiritual God thing that that fire would be stoked and fan into flame. I'm not asking you to fan it into flame. But I am asking you to go home and soak your heart in the gospel from the last supper to the resurrection. And realize that every verse was about you. He did it for you. That's how much he loves you. And let the spirit stir that fire. And you'll find yourself out loving other people because he first loved you. Have you hit the pause button during pandemic life? You know, you know this thing's going to end. And it may end quicker than we think. Are you ready for that? Are you ready to run the spiritual marathon? The starting pistol's going to go off and, you know, God's going to say, go! And you're going to be like, I can't really get up off the couch. Well, we can start today to put in some effort. Start in your prayer life. Pray for the progress. We are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Yeah? Let us throw off everything that hinders, that sin that so easily entangles. And let us run this race with perseverance, the one that's marked out for us. Fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. And now he sits at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such horrible treatment from sinners so that you might not lose heart and grow weary. Our lives are way more than our physical existence. Way more. So take this next level checkup. Put the focus in your life on the time when time doesn't matter anymore. I'm going to close with this poem today from C.T. Studd. Words are going to be on the screen. I want you guys to read the refrain that will be at the end of each verse. So let's put that up there. Only One Life by C.T. Studd. Two little lines I heard one day, traveling along life's busy way, bringing conviction to my heart, and from my mind would not depart. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Only one life, yes, only one. Soon will its fleeting hours be done. Then in that day, my Lord to meet, I stand before his judgment seat. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Only one life, the still small voice, gently pleads for a better choice, bidding me selfish aims to leave and to God's holy will to cleave. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Only one life, a few brief years, each with its burdens, hopes, and fears, 
Each with its clays I must fulfill, living for self or in his will. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. When this bright world would tempt me sore, when Satan would a victory score, when self would seek to have its way, then help me, Lord, with joy to say, only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Give me, Father, a purpose deep in joy or sorrow thy word to keep. Faithful and true, whate'er the strife, pleasing thee in my daily life. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Oh, let my love with fervor burn, and from the world now let me turn, living for thee and thee alone, bringing thee pleasure on thy throne. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Only one life, yes, only one. Now let me say, thy will be done. And when at last I hear the call, I know I'll say, t'was worth it all. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ.